Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. I'm your host today, Joe Kowalski, and we have Adam and Mary with us as well. Today, we're going to chat about client communications and employee communications. We'll touch on the Service Monster's mobile new release, Service Monster 6.5.2, which should be in your guys' hands by now. And uh, before we do all that, Adam, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so we've been kind of going through this uh, scaling kind of classroom, right? So at this point, we're on scaling 103, if you guys can harken back to your college days. Um, but we're, like Joe mentioned, we're talking about company communication, both uh, internal to your staff and external to your clients, and kind of the importance of setting up maybe some automated communication channels, and just making sure that internally you have kind of the operational mindset where if your staff needs your assistance with something, or if they need to communicate with each other, that you have something set up to kind of grab that and and get them you know solved rather than them having to you know wait for you on the phone or you know so forth so that's really going to kind of be the main focus we have a couple of things to chat about on that front so before i go too deep i guess if you want to kind of interject anything joe but let's start with kind of appointment reminders to clients i think that's the one that's going to you know drive the most attention from outsiders and really help you kind of scale and growth because you don't really want to be having holes in, in, in your schedule. In fact, we have an entire dashboard that we'll talk about here in a second that, that kind of talks about that. But if someone cancels on you last minute, you have almost no opportunity to fill that. And so reminders can kind of help you, you know, fill that spot because you might find out about cancellation two days beforehand, right? So let's kind of talk about that, the automation process and, and so forth. I would say from a, um, customer point of view, if we're just focusing on clients and prospects and the pipeline for a second, you have this whole circle, right? Um, so when you book a job with them, there's this debate. Do you do reminders and or confirmations? So let me differentiate the two. Reminders are usually, they happen um, right before the appointment. So you might get a reminder the morning of or the day before. This can be done through text or email through Service Monster, but in general, it's just meant to communicate to the client, hey, we'll be there tomorrow. There is a philosophy says, oh gosh, don't do that because if they do that, they might cancel. Like I've heard that quite a bit. But if you know that ahead of time, instead of showing up and them having not being there, um, it gives you an opportunity to actually try and drum up some business for that slot. The other thing is the confirmation. That usually happens sometime after the phone call or when they book the job, if they're doing it online or they're doing it over the phone. Once you put information in Service Monster and create the order and schedule the job, sending them an email saying, hey, you know, here's the information, here's some stuff you might need ahead of time. It's a great way, it's a great opportunity to put some messaging in front of them, um, helping ensure that they remember who you are, they know who to write the checkout to. I know, I've been in the home. When you do the job and you finish the job and they go, who do I make the checkout to? Like, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad brand building if they don't know who to make the checkout to. Um, so confirmations, reminders, and then, of course, what we say after the job, the client retention program, those future job reminders or appointment reminders that you want to say, hey, you haven't booked in a year. And we need you to get you back on the schedule for your sake and ours. Um, another great opportunity. And basing that off the last invoice date, another thing that Service Monster does very well. So I know Mary's got some stuff she'd like to show us on those fronts. Um, maybe some stuff I didn't even cover related to some employee communications. So Mary, why don't you take it away here sure, and show us what yeah. you Yeah. So um, say it's coming up, we're, we're scheduling a the appointment, if you are doing this right from the quick ad on Service Monster, so you know you're setting up an appointment, we do have our confirmation tab. And right from in there, here I'm just going to pull up an account here and kind of hop through this process. Um, but right from the confirmation tab on the quick ad, you can super easily set it up to set out send out an email or a text. All that you have to do is have either an email template or an SMS template prepared. Um, so that's just 
quickest way to immediately send out that confirmation. The client has the information. They can go back in and check, oh, hey, when did I schedule that appointment? You know, it was over the phone. So I know we talked about it, but it's not sticking in my brain. They can hop in, check that email, see that text, have that visual aspect um, reminder if they haven't written it down for themselves. So that's your path for our confirmation. For setting up a reminder, we can do that by going into the settings and then selecting appoint remi reminders. Again, for this, you will have needed to set up a uh, either text or email template for both the job reminder and, um, or excuse me, appointment reminder and the confirmation. I believe we have a template that is like Service Monster created one that will already be in your system that you can just go in and edit. Um, you will need to make your own SMS templates though. But yeah, when looking at this page, the first thing we'll want to do actually is go into our preferences and you'll have to make the decision between if you want the system to automatically send out these appointment reminders for you or if you want to be the one in charge of picking which appointments will receive reminders. Um, so if you want to be really specific about, hey, you know, I know this person doesn't like receiving these reminders, you might want to choose the manual option. Otherwise, the automatic option is a great choice. And then in here to set it up, all you have to do is click on that new notification setting. And in here you can give it a name. So a pretty classic one is our day before reminder. Then you can choose if you wanna send an email or a text. And then how far in advanced is it going to be? So you can choose between either hour or days. And then you can just type in one day, seven days, if you want it to be a week before, maybe you schedule super far in advance. And then down here, you can choose if you want it to be before or after the appointment. You can also set up texts or emails that will send after. So if you want to automate a you know thank you message to go out, you can do that from here as well. Then you can choose what time the message will send at. So either you can pick it to send at a specific time every time. So say it always goes out at 8 a.m. in the morning, or you can have it send at the appointment time the day before. So say if your appointment is Friday at noon, this message will send on Thursday at noon. Then you'll choose who can receive this. So you can pick from all customers, residential or commercial customers. And then last but not least, you'll pick the template that you wanna use. So I'll choose my job reminder email template for that. I'm going to break in here real quick because you said something that I don't think too many people would have caught that could be the very largest nugget in this entire <laughs> podcast. You ready? You can use reminders after the job and it's mm -hmm. text. So you can create a six month or a nine month reminder that texts your clients. So this is like fill my schedule on texts. I've said that we want to add it to the drip campaign and that is true. So you have some more control about it, you know, setting up the here, but you can use this tool to text your clients, those future reminders. So uh, if you didn't catch that, I want to, I want to be very clear about that. So, you know, when you see the bulletin boards and everybody championing their, their text campaigns, Service Monster can do it too. So I have had to answer this question a lot in the bulletin boards. Like, Service Monster can't do that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we can. So this is how you do it. Yeah, it's really the only thing that you miss is some of the filtering capabilities. But you can totally set that up for like your basic kind of like customer. One other thing I think is really important to note because I got asked this almost every single person that I trained on some level would ask me this. What time should I send out my messages? And there's actually research that's been done on this. Um, the first thing is because everything's kind of moving to be text-based, I will say don't do it too early in the morning. People do not like receiving a 7 a.m. text that their dentist or their carpet cleaner or their whatever insert service here, like, hey, we're reminding you of your appointment. It's 6.30 <laughs> a.m., so bright and early, you know? Text Unless the appointment's messages, at 8.30. Right. Unless the appointment, and that's why we have the appointment uh, kind of uh, time there as, as an option. So you kind of want to kind of pick and choose your battles there, right? But the, the other thing is on email, there are three main times that have been proven, like in various studies that are most worthwhile that people are checking their email the most. One is, is uh, before they go to work. So it's, it's, it's okay to send a 7am email, right? You're not necessarily as invasive as, as a text messages. 
The other is post lunch. You know, they've had they've had the burger and they're just kind of like getting back to the office and they're they're going through stuff. So, roughly one o'clock to two in the afternoon. And the last one's right before they go home. So you know, the four thirty to five thirty kind of time frame. So kind of pick and choose those. Obviously, depending on which reminder you're sending, is you know, if you're sending the day of, you don't want to be wor- sending something in the afternoon, right? But if it's well, you know, two days ahead of time, and also B to C or B to B, right? Yeah. So if I'm B to B, I'm going to be targeting that 4:30, because yep. I know that's the lazy hour, right? You're already winding stuff down, and uh, you're just you're, you're like, what do I do? Oh, I'll scroll through my email. Um, you know, I'll filter that out. So I, I think that's good for a B two B. You know, consumer, it might be a little bit better if you're in the morning, right before they really start their day, as an email, because then then they're going to be going through their email at the same time they're doing everything else on the throne you know, Facebooking and catching up with social activity and then they're off to work. So they, if they get those bits when it's appropriate for them, depending if they're commercial or residential, you'll have more success with the responses. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So uh, from, oh. Well. <laughs> from nope, here, ahead, when Mary. I do click save, any appointments that are made, um, if I do have my preferences set to automatically send out these reminders, any appointments that are made after I've set up that new notification will automatically receive those reminder. Um, for any appointments you made before you set up that notification, you will have to go in to um, kind of turn that notification on for them or set that up for them. And you can do that right from the schedule, actually. So if I open up my schedule and double click on an appointment that will open up this appointment card here. And then in the notifications tab, this is where you can check off a box to create apartment or appointment notifications. You can pick the email address it'll send to as well as the phone number. And I think this appointment is, oh, no, it still can get some. Um, Yeah, so this appointment then can receive reminders. There we go. There's actually a shortcut to that. Um, it's even easier. You can right-click the card. Oh, and then edit notifications, so if you, of if you course. Go to any of those, <laughs> yep. Yep. Even easier. So ignore what I just said. You can right-click on the appointment, click on that edit notifications, and that takes you right to that window. Yeah, and then our last area was kind of looking at uh, communication with technicians. And with all of our appointments, you have the ability to add in a technician note and an admin note. You can do that right from the quick add when you're setting up the appointment. Um, But also while I'm here, right on the schedule, if you click on an appointment in the sidecar right over here, you can add in or edit your technician notes. Um, So this is a handy spot to put in information like key is under the rug or this is the gate code or anything that your technician is gonna um, need to know in order to do the job and it's not client facing. So this is information that just you and your team will be able to see. And in notes can get a little confusing. So you're like swimming in notes sometimes because we have, uh, a comment note or a memo on the account, right? Uh, crazy cat lady or VIP client. We have a note on the site, um, third house after rock, right? For uh, for your Canadian zip codes that cover a ginormous area. Um, gate codes, like Mary had mentioned, things of that nature, right? Then you have appointment notes, admin notes, are just for administration. Techs aren't really going to see those. And the tech notes are going to be available for them uh, as well. So the technician via mobile will be able to see the account note, the order note, the site note, um, not the admin note, but they can also see activities which you can have notes in. So you can literally be swimming in notes. Once you've mastered notes, that makes it a lot easier to communicate with your technicians what they're supposed to do and when, and then not have to remember this stuff every time. Here's a good example. If you put your gate code on the site note, every time you schedule an appointment on that site, that gate code will be immediately available on mobile um, or on uh, the desktop as well through the appointment. So having that information at your fingertips is uh, makes it really powerful to put information in the right spot and then 
make sure everyone's going to see it along their process. So that's a big deal. There's another cool one too on the site note is if you have like specialized equipment, you know, especially if you're like an exterior cleaner or something and there's a weird location, you know, it can help you remember to you know make sure a, you have that piece of equipment, but also just that when you're unloading, you don't have to rewalk through and figure out what you're going to need. You can just kind of get up and go. And we also added um, just recently in one of our, uh, I think it was one, three, two. Um, you can correct me, Joe, if I'm wrong, but we added order activities on the mobile app. And so right there, your technician can very easily hop into there. And in a lot of you guys might not be using activities in, in this manner, um, but we have uh, a decent amount of uh, our, our, our client base, you know, has multi-day appointments or they're doing kind of a sales process and then a work process. And then, so there's multiple appointments involved. They don't want to put their notes in the order memo because that's visible to the customer. So what they'll do is they'll use an order activity that's basically just for the life of that job. And it goes through the sales process. It goes through the work. If there's multiple techs it's being handed off to, let's say you have a three-day project and you can hand it off from tech A to tech B when they're writing and updating their order activity. So if you've got seven things that they need to do, you can very easily open that activity. It takes two seconds to say, hey, I did items one and two. Boom, they checked out of the job. You can see how long they were there what they did, the next tech can pick it up without even having to communicate with you. So they know exactly what they're gonna be doing. Something that will probably be asked, so we'll just kind of get it out of the way, um, is, well, what about you know an internal chat app? Or like, why can't we just use that? And if you're using the notes, in most cases you won't need to, and it is very, very easy. Uh, one of our local clients that we've had multiple communications with, he was a phenomenal operations manager, he said right out of the gate, he's like, I, we just use Slack or we just use an outside program so that the, the technicians can always communicate with the office. That's 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 nice. and That's important. They don't necessarily need to have the, the comings and goings of service sponsor to do that. Right. That's just kind of making sure, hey, I have a flat tire. OK, everyone in the office knows they have a flat tire. People that are in the office can kind of work on, you know, dispatch and, and relocating technicians and things like that. But just kind of the way that it works is you can just use that outside chat app rely on your notes, boom, you've got all your bases covered. We had um, a chat built in. I think it, in five, it still yep. works. Yep, yep it's still um, there. I don't think the app supports it at all like it used to in the BlackBerry days. Um, no. But almost nobody used it. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, um, it's just another layer of complication within Service Monster that that particular feature set was done as a bare minimum. Um, and then the other side of that coin is we're not a chat app. There's whole companies based off chat, uh, Slack, Mattermost, Workforce. So there's a handful of ways that you can implement communications within your company. And these tools are just getting better because of the virtualization of white collar America. So as you know, these infrastructures continue to grow, I mean, we're right now we're recording on a new podcast uh, recording platform because of the tools that it gives us because none of the other platforms gives us the same tools. And so everything is evolving. And so pay attention to that. I would say that I would be um, remiss if we had to develop a chat app inside when I can just say, use Slack. 90% of the time, you don't need a direct link from the account. 99.9% .9 of the time you don't. We use Workforce and all of the communication of the whole company is done through there. Um, and it's not tied to our CRM at all. And our CRM is massive. It does a ton of stuff for us. So we, we are walk the walk as well. So I would say I wouldn't want to build a half-assed chat feature, um, into service monster when I know you're going to get a better performance, you're going to get better reliability. You're going to get better communications. You're going to get better security and accessibility with some of those other applications. And, um, and I do hear Slack a lot for service providers. That's just kind of the, seems to be the go-to for them, so. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting comment. We don't have to go too deep into this because uh, we'll probably get us in trouble. But uh, we hear this a lot, right, Joe? It's like, uh, like w well, I really like this outside program. Can you guys just build that into service bus or it'll save me a ton of money? And it's like, sure, in a lot of cases, you know, if it provides you guys value, like we're always, we're, like, I. 
everything that we do is to make your guys' lives better. Like that's that's not that's not BS. Like we love what we do. Like we're constantly trying to make this this app uh, better for you guys, so you guys can grow and be successful. But if we spend too much time focusing on sometimes these outside features that won't have the same kind of time and dedication to a very specialized app, at the end of the day, are you guys still getting that value? And that's really kind of the the question: Are we taking resources away from A to do B, you know, and so forth? So. That, as a business owner, I'm worried about resource allocation. Are we focusing on the exactly. right things? You know, our data says that 60% of your life is spent on the scheduling. Why would I then go mobilize 90% of my resources to work on an area of the app that 3% of our clients are going to use? Like, help me figure that out if you want me to build chat in the service monster. <laughs> And so that's something you guys can kind of take to yourself, right? Like if, if like, let's say you have to buy a bunch of specialized equipment for something that you're trying to spin off and, and diversify, right? But you haven't actually gone through the steps, like maybe you're trained poorly, maybe you're not, you're not doing the right work. And so you end up basically just spending a lot of extra money and time and resources to something that doesn't really take off. It's kind of the same idea, right? So while we are very well aware that running a software business is very different from running a service business, it's kind of some carryover there, right? All business owners have to deal with that. So, yeah. And like communicating with our employees, which can be kind of the next dovetail to end in this. Uh, and this drives me crazy because as a developer, I need to make sure things are working. And I have this special company that no one knows about that I go play to make sure stuff is working in production the way it should be. And every time I flip and get in there and I add a schedule or change this, my phone blows up. I get emails and texts and confirmations and like, because I'm all hooked up, it's all me just from every vector. Uh, and, and it's nuts how much communication you can dial in. So every time a job is added to a route that has an employee assigned to it, that employee can get notification. Every time a job is changed on that route, he'll get an, or she'll get a notification. Um, Mary, do you want to kind of yeah. show us that real quick? Yeah, actually, when I set up for webinars, I'll end up getting like 20 texts because I'll have been setting up <laughs> appointments on my schedule <laughs> to make it lo look like a schedule. But yeah, so when, when we're looking at I'm in our employees and users page right here, um, and we can just hop into any of the employees pages and then go into the options tab and here you'll have these appointment notification preferences so here you can pick to receive notifications for my schedule changes or receive notifications for all schedule changes uh, and for these you can pick email or text, um, but you can't have emails for both my and all changes or texts for both my and all changes. And the reasoning behind that is, is that would be doubles up basically on emails because they'd be getting that email notification about their changes, but then also about like the general changes. And it's more information than they need basically. Um, so yeah, so you can pick one if you want them to receive notifications for all changes or just their own. Um, you also can select just one of them if they are just going to be text getting texts about all of, <laughs> excuse me, they are just going to be getting texts about their changes. Um, you can just pick the one or the other as well. And we haven't even gotten into the mobile app. Um, we allow one-way text communication, right? We have this whole pipeline set up for you guys for reminders. It's very specifically for that. We also allow you guys to tap into that from your mobile app so that your technicians don't necessarily have to be chatting directly with your clients and giving them their phone numbers, right? It's a, it's a one-way text out of the gate. You can update that. You can have your own Twilio account. Um, I'll have Mary show that here in just a second, but you can set up your own Twilio. It's one of our integration partners. So you can have text forwarding basically set up to your phone. But the whole purpose of this is you can again have templates set up you can just fire off, hey, we're running late. Hey, we're on our way, you know, um, messages. Like, hey, I got a flat tire. They can just pop that off. It lets the, the client know that something's, you know, happening, but you're not exposing the technician's phone number. If you're an owner operator, not the end of the world, right? Your phone number is most likely already being forwarded to for your business line. But to, on the technician side, a lot of you guys probably just want to keep that private. So, Samara, you want to kind of yeah, talk to Yeah, so if you go into our marketplace, 
Twilio is kind of right here in the middle, and it is a SMS um, messaging system that allows you to pick what phone number these messages will be sent from, and then also does allow for that two-way messaging integration. Um, I believe you will need to use a separate app for that. No, it uses the app itself will use the Twilio pipeline. Um, but you can, in the mobile app, choose to use your native texting platform as well. Not as well, it's either or, but you get the point. Um, so maybe that's what you're referring to. So when you set up Twilio, it's just like our SMTP for email services. It's the pipeline by which we send communications through. If you've set it up correctly, when a client responds back, you in Twilio, in that application that you've you know set up, when you set up your Twilio account, you can choose the number that it gets redirected to so you can have that two-way back and forth. Yeah, so basically just remember it's one way only by default. We wanted to have that available to everyone to, for the reminders. If you want to be able to reply to it, if you want to be able to kind of have additional functionality, maybe have your business phone number pop up instead of some random Washington state number, um, you know, there are other options there. That's why we have it available to you. So. I mean, we can keep going down the rabbit hole, right? We've got drip campaigns, marketing campaigns. We've got uh, lead pipeline. We've got Zapier integration if you really want to get crazy because you can pump information or pull information to Zapier and then communicate all that information to whatever systems, platforms, people, SMS, email, text you want. So it gets really extensive. Adam, did you have something specific else that you wanted to touch on for communications? Well, I do think it'd be um, just really quickly, we can just show in the marketplace. We don't have to go through the whole process, but but the payment link and the order approval, I think having oh, that tied of course. to- I'd even do that in my tirade. <laughs> so we have this set up if you are integrated with one of our payment providers. So currently it's authorized.net, which is both a gateway and a provider. We've talked about this multiple times. Authorized.net allows you to, there's a lot Thousands of Thousands of merchants, follow yep. your bank, blah, blah, blah. Um, we have Stripe. Um, and we will have Square at some point. Um, so when you have one of those providers, we have what we call our invoice page, and it gives you access to an online payment link. So anytime you have it, you've invoiced, you can send this payment link, and they can pay online. And so that's available for all of you guys. Order approval doesn't require any uh, external kind of uh, you know app uh, integration. Uh, you can just use that on any of our orders. You can have an estimate, which is the most common usage. We call the order approval because you can send out a work order or something that needs to be approved, right? But um, primarily, you're going to be sending estimates out to clients, and they can approve online, initial it, and then you can you can schedule the job, right, without having to you know call them or get a hold of them. So you're you're constantly churning that uh, that communication pipeline with them. So. Yeah, and the best use case for this, and then your experience may vary depending on the service that you provide, but let's say that you provide exterior cleaning services. You could go through the whole pipeline and never see the client, right? They could call you up. You could have a great conversation. You can even do it on Zoom, like whatever, right? Get a feel for the individual. They get a feel for you. You establish a relationship or rapport. You, you create the estimate. You email it to them. They look at it online. They go, yeah, looks good. Approved bang, then you're good to go. You go do the job and then send them immediately while you're sitting in the truck before you guys pull out, send them an email for payment. That payment link shows up in the email. They click it, they make the payment, whole process is done and you're good to go. And then your communication to follow up, again, through Service Monster and Drip campaigns and reminders, you can create the system where client retention happens almost automatically. So... So that's kind of the the whole idea that we're talking about is it, the more you know kind of deep you get into the deeper you get into this wow English um, the more that you can kind of take out of the hands of of both the client or the the employee and you can you really streamline this you can automate a lot of the process you can do things before the sale but you can save time when you're on site right so you can get more done throughout the day you can schedule additional appointments we haven't even showed the appointment uh, bookings uh, dashboard. Do you want to go to the uh, scheduling homepage there? And again, you know, we're being kind of contextual here within Service Monster, but I think the bigger issue is communications as a whole. A good CRM 
is going to help establish um, some automation such that it's almost like having one or two employees in the office constantly moving information around, constantly communicating with new clients and prospects, constantly reminding clients to come schedule, constantly getting those clients to book jobs and go onto your schedule for you automatically. It's like this whole process can be set up. I don't want to take the humanity out of it, right? If you guys listen to me long enough, you know that's not sympathy and empathy are really big um, components for me. But at the same time, you don't want anything to slip through the cracks. And a lot of times you're not going to have a body that you can just pay to sit here and do this. This can be automated to the point where you can then get an interaction and then handle it from there via human touch. So um, the appointment bookings dashboard that Adams was referring to is in that left dashboard there. And it shows um, three months, essentially, top, middle, and bottom bars. The top month is last month. The big bar is this month, and the one at the bottom is next month. Three colors on the bar, blue, red, and white, give you indication of booking, unavailable for booking because the time has passed, or available for booking because it has not yet been scheduled in the future. So your last month bar will only be blue and red. There will be no white. Nothing is available to schedule last month. Um, uh, and so you will know how much you booked and how much you left on the table. We break that down into an estimated dollars per hour. Now, while you might not ever see a completely blue bar, that one that Mary's got there as an example is highly unrealistic. You're giving I'm them sorry. unattainable goals, Mary. <laughs> My test account's too perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, that, that middle one's going to show you all three, red, white, and blue. Now, blue is booked. Red is uh, gone forever. You can't rebook it. And then white is still available on the schedule in these last four days of August. And then the bar underneath it is going to be blue and white. So blue for jobs that are booked and white should you speak because it's next month. It's all that time is available to be booked. You haven't lost any of that time yet. So this helps you understand what your schedule looks like. And if you have holes to go fill them and if you're having cancellations, you can even use something and go down a rabbit hole here, but you can use something like the wait list um, where Mrs. Jones says, what, two weeks? I have to wait two weeks? I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones, your schedule's full. You have a cancellation. You can call back Mrs. Jones because you're going to be in the same area tomorrow and say, hey, I can get you in. And uh, and then, yeah, good to go. So I don't want to necessarily dive down the wait list rabbit hole. But- <laughs> no. And there's uh, – I'm just going to – I'm just going to tease. I'm going to tease the audience. We'll see if anyone uh, reaches out to support. If you guys have questions what I'm about to say, reach out to support servicemonster.net. Um, you can also do a really, really easy, simple hack with our Kanban board when you have cancellations to remind yourself the office staff can work through kind of like a, a process to make sure that they've reached out and refilled that. Because you've already had your foot in the door. Like your foot's in the door. You're almost there. Don't don't give up on that without at least, you know, a, a few tries, right? So they're just playing hard to get. Call them back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, I'm not going to dive too far into that. If you guys are interested in knowing how that's set up, then reach out to support. And we'll make sure you get set up. So we could literally do two more hours on communications, but we wanted to touch on those highlights for you. Um, so we'll wrap this up, this portion of the podcast up now. Adam, what are we moving to? Yeah, let's talk some service sponsor news. Um, I know this podcast is already pretty service monster heavy, but uh, we've got a lot of exciting things. So the, we have a new mobile release out. We talked about that last week. We've got a really small hotfix, which is in the approval process right now. Most of you guys won't even know. There were just a couple of small little bugs and errors that we just wanted to get uh, smashed out really quickly. There is an upcoming um, release. It's going to have a couple of cool things like a contacts import, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more mobile probably in the next podcast or two will be further down the development pipeline. The big thing I did want to touch on though, is this last release, we set it up so you guys can stay logged in longer. And I realized that when I was testing this, it's not something I really ever have to deal with um, as far as, so if, if you guys notice a difference there, like let us know if you feel like there's, you're still getting logged in too often, you know, let us know, but we really wanted to stop Joe getting hate mail. So um, wanted to smooth <laughs> I it out. I appreciate that brother. 
That's the biggest the complaint on mobile. Just always the biggest complaint. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it's always at the most inopportune time. I have to log in while I'm driving down the freeway. No, don't log <laughs> Wait, in while you're driving stop. down. Don't log in when you're driving down the freeway. Please. <laughs> it's not a safe version of multitasking. So That's right. Um, on the desktop side, we have some really exciting things. Uh, 652 is, is going to be out by the time you guys are listening to this. So... Um, there's a couple of major things, uh, Mary, if you want to kind of start getting ready for this, that we can go through and just show you guys a little sneak peek. Um, and get so you here's guys some more amped. meat for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one of them is a new account page. This is actually going to be your home page on the account level. So we call it the overview tab. It's the account overview. And it's really going to kind of be your master, your master page. So, Mary, I'll kind of let you, I don't want to take your thunder here. So why don't you kind of go yeah, through a couple so, of things? Yeah, uh, so everything that you had before is still here. You still have your account details page. You still have the profile. Everything that was there is before. We're just giving you more. And in what I believe to be a, a easier format to digest, um, it's a lot more visually appealing, I would say. Uh, so right up here, when we're looking at the overview at the top, we can immediately see the account name, the client associated with the account, and the primary site for that account. This bar will be either colored blue to represent a residential account, or if I hop over here, we have green to represent our commercial accounts. And then we still have that color coding right here on the side for where that primary site is located. You can also see what type of customer account it is. So we have customer here, and then I have a business contact example right there, and then also prospect. So those all immediately visually kind of differentiate themselves. You can also easily see the balance on the account. And then the box right here lets you see the memo. You can also edit it right from here, as well as adjust if this is an active account with our check mark, if the account needs to be marked for review or have an alert placed on it. So you can do that all from right here and you don't have to click a save button. It will just automatically record that for you. Then we have our contact information as well as right down here. I kind of think of this as like the mini profile page. Um, so you have some just account stats with revenue for the account, next appointment, when the last appointment was, as well as you can see your custom fields right here. And we have our account tags, which I think we're gonna get into in just a little bit here. But then over on the right side, you can also get an idea for what you're kind of doing with that account. So you can immediately hop into a work order. You can also easily create a work order estimate activity contract or reoccurring appointment right from in here. All you have to do is either click on one of these pluses right on the side or use one of the handy buttons right at the top here. Um, and some other things. I think this is super awesome. So say I am looking at my work order right here and I'm thinking like, okay, I need to print this off or I need to send out an email. I need to schedule it. You can do that right from this page. All you have to do is click on the box right here with the three lines and that opens up a menu where you can either make a copy of that order, schedule it, email, uh, email a copy to the client, record a payment or produce a PDF of the order. So I think that's just a super handy tool for saving time and um, quickly getting what you need to get done done so yeah yes yeah, so we, we really kind of expanded that little like you can see the little sidecar section over here the dashboard section we've really expanded on that to give you guys essentially what you'll be working through when you go to an account page on the details which is our current home that's kind of one of a one and done or a kind of quick edit kind of page the dashboard or the overview tab that we have now is really your kind of action page right and Mary, if you want to pop on the newsfeed oh, yeah. really quickly over there, there are two tabs on the side. So you can do either the dashboard or the newsfeed view. When you're on this page, you can open up the newsfeed and get the best of both worlds, right? You can see what's actively been going on. You can sort of self audit. If you have other employees inside there, you can make a quick note, a quick activity, whatever. But if you're on one of the other tabs, like let's say you're going through some history dive and you just want to kind of go through a bunch of old orders, you can swap back to the dashboard um, tab on the right there and you still have that quick access link, right? So really trying to make sure you guys have what you need available to you right away without having to dive deep into, you know, the various tabs and, and, and so forth. So really excited to get this into your guys' hands, um, something that Joe and I have been working on here for a while now. So we're really excited. 
Oh. Tags. Tags. Yeah. Tags. So she she kind of talked about tags. I'm so this excited. I, think, I, I, I remember Joe mentioning this. Uh, man, it's it's been a while. Um, but we have kind of a better process right now. It's on the account level only. We have some potential things coming soon elsewhere, maybe on the order. But on uh, account level only, you can start tagging things. And it's just like it sounds like. You can essentially just, like if you guys use Instagram, right, you're just making it, or Twitter, you can just essentially make that quick little tag. But um, why don't you just kind of go through the process, Mary? Well, let's create one and let's, let's talk yeah, why it's so, so useful. So if I'm on the account overview here, all I need to do to add a tag to this account is to click on the text box right under where it says tag and then start typing. So as you type, so say I'm gonna say this client has a dog. Um, if you've used that tag before, it will appear as an option that you can click on to select or to make a new one. Which I'm just gonna say, create a service monster tag. All you have to do is type it in and then click enter and that new tag is created. And then if you go into a different account and you start adding in tags there, that will show up as an option as well. Yeah, this is also available on, on the details tab. So depending on which of the main account tabs you end up on, you can use it on both. But how, how would I manage these? Like, let's say I've got hundreds of these, uh, you know, if you guys would just go crazy. Um, how would I manage kind yeah, of the whole Yeah, so you list? can go either by clicking on manage tags right here. That will take you to kind of your main space for viewing. Um, also, though, from the accounts page, we will have a tags button you can click on as well to take you to this list. So right along the side here, you can see the full list of all the tags you have made. And clicking on one allows you to see what accounts are currently tagged with that. Um, you can change their what they say or their name, what the tag is itself, I guess, um, just by clicking on it and then typing to make that change. You can also delete the tag by clicking delete tag right there. And then you can also make a new tab right up here just by clicking and I'm trying to think of what I should even say it. Podcast, there we go. Just by typing and then clicking on that plus mark right there. And then kind of the last little bit of this, which you guys are likely chomping at the bit for is you can use this in marketing campaigns. So you, there is a filter that you can then just use account tag contains link. Um, and then you just fill in whatever you want that to, to contain and you can boom, bada bing, you can set up, you know, and obviously like an email campaign, you can set up a call list. If you want to just make an export list and it to a third party, maybe you want to do a voicemail blast, something like that. You can, you can do kind of whatever you want over there. So. And a, a good use case here would be something like um, you have a evergreen campaign set up as a drip campaign. And that drip campaign is targeting one specific tag. Let's say it's VIP. And let's say at that time you don't have any VIP clients, um, but you set up the campaign to email a VIP client within 24 hours of some event. And then when you find a client you really, really like, you just go VIP and you tag them and you hit save. And then within 24 hours, they will get an email. Uh, and then they will be part of a sequence if you plan them together in your drip campaign. So super duper powerful when you just want to pop individuals in and out of marketing campaigns. Um, and that's where the real power comes from. Yeah, reporting, you know, you can see the list and we'll obviously be doing some work in this management area here. Uh, but we wanted to get tags available to you and this administration portion isn't a huge part of it. So <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, you know, the, um, we can't, can we use these in filters on grids yet, Adam? No, it's just the marketing right now. Okay. Uh, and so we'll put that in eventually as well. But this is kind of dipping our toe in the water and making sure we cover the basic use case, which is being able to pop people in and out of a VIP drip campaign. That was kind of my first, uh, let's do this and then go from there. And so this is what they came up with. I love it. I'm very excited to get this in your guys' hands. Uh, the power that you have with this now, especially keeping in contact and engaging certain segments of your client, um, super duper powerful. I, I would say if you never really used account subtype um, and even in some ways account type, uh, use tags instead, don't get involved. Account type is gonna help because we that, that's a kind of a 
first primary first field, right? A prime first mover, um, but the sub account type, meh, not so much. Same thing with order subgroup, right? We're gonna, it's gonna be kind of a similar thing when we put tags in there. I'm gonna suggest that eventually that field just goes away. So yell at me in the comments if you're terrified of that thought. <laughs> I can run some data queries to see how many people are using it, but uh, at the same time, this is just a much superior technology overall for um, categorizing clients. Let's put it that way. Yep, absolutely. There's obviously other changes going on as well. These are just kind of the two we wanted to focus on here on the, the podcast to show you guys a sneak peek, as they say. Um, so make sure you look out for those release notes that we'll be posting in the What's New section. We also email out if you're on our, our mailing list. Um, it's on our help site, right? We have our release notes. You can see every change that we made. So yeah, let's move on to Entree Joe. Um, this one's going to be a little bit longer. Let's hopefully I can, uh, can act this out properly. Let's see if... Uh, old English classes back in the day prepped me for this. The only marketing I do is all word of mouth. I have a good repeat rate, I guess. My clients call me whenever they need me. I'm gonna blow up. Joe, you must be killing it. Have you guys crossed, have you guys crossed a million yet? Oh, no, I mean, I, I'm still on the truck. I got, you know, bills up to my eyeballs. I'm not sure how well we're doing month to month. Joe, I hear this conversation over and over. Service providers talking about how little marketing they do, wearing it like a badge of honor, and in the same breath talking about how their business is struggling. I don't get it. You know what's wrong. You know what you have to do. Brand building and client retention are the only way to scale. I don't care how good your product or service is. Without marketing, you are losing. Entree Joe. Pretty self-explanatory, right? Every business needs to market. Um too many people walk around saying, I don't do any marketing and I got great repeat rate because my clients call me. No, they don't. Again, you think they do uh, because you're looking at it through your perspective and not looking at it through the data. So um, you're losing 60% of your clients. And so that's just what happens. And that's on a good day. Uh, if you're retaining 40% and not doing anything, then that's magical. So Marketing has two flavors, prospecting, of course, and client retention. Um, and then what you're going to spend where matters. So I get asked a lot, okay, Joe, what's the number? What, what percentage of my gross revenue should be dedicated to marketing? And my answer is it depends on what your goals are. If your goal is to maintain what you're doing and extract cash, uh, as little as that may be. So, you know, there's no growth intention uh, and you want your profit margins to be maximized, then yeah, you're going to keep your advertising to a minimum, but it's not going to be zero. You might be at 5% of your gross revenue with 50% of that or more being on client retention. Because if you want to maintain, you have to maintain your current clients. If you want aggressive growth, you can spend as much as 30% of your gross uh, revenue on marketing. But Joe, my margin is only 32%. Yup. That means that 2% goes in your pocket to pay Uncle Sam, uh, you know, 25% of that. So 75% of that 2% is yours. You know, here's your $5. But what you're trading for is a larger business with a larger payout on the same or better margins in the future. And so you're investing in your business. So you can say, I'm spending 5% of my marketing, but I'm also reinvesting 15% back into my business. So whatever, however mindset you want to shift yourself into, you're not losing money. You're not 2% margin now. You've made a conscious decision to take 15% of your earnings and roll that back. That's an investment. Um, and the biggest and best investment you can make, are you betting on yourself or not? Do you believe in yourself or not? Would you rather put that money in the stock market or handing it over to the Jiffy Lube or buying a new TV because you're too fancy? Save that money, invest it back in your business and grow that business. And then fancy shit won't even matter to you later when you can write a check for anything you want. So it's, it's, it comes down to discipline and goals. I don't want to sound like if your goal is to make 150 grand with a 40% margin that that's a bad thing. 
If that's your goal and you're succeeding at that goal, you're going to get high fives from me all day long. Um, but if your goal is to grow a million dollar, two million dollar, three million dollar business, then you're going to have to invest. And that investment will come in the form of marketing. A good portion of that marketing needs to be client retention so you're not losing any client. And the rest of it has to do with attracting new clients and trying new things and new channels and engagement and, you know, part social media, part direct mail, part email marketing, part cold calling for B2B clients. Like there's a way to approach it where it's just 10x Grant Cardone, all hustle. As much as I'm not a big fan of Grant Cardone, 10x, that book was amazing. I suggest you read it if you really want to, you know, propel. So um, that's it. Too many people walking around like lack of marketing is a good thing. Minimum 5%. If you want to grow, spend up to 30% of your revenue on marketing. Well said. I think we can kind of just dive into smug there. I, I had like three points I was going to make. You hit them all. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll finish off with some, some smug comments. Um, this first one is, is a fun one because we spend a lot of time on the schedule, and we're going to be spending even more time there. Like Joe mentioned earlier, it's, it's a very heavily used part of the app. So we really want that place to be running as smoothly as possible. But Josh had asked, hey, can we get a button or a link to the completion wizard? Um from the hover on on the schedule. Right now you have to hover, then click the work order, and the, the, it goes through a bunch of steps having to go to the order page itself. And we actually have the completion wizard, and I should note, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about when I say that, the completion wizard just basically kind of gives you the ability to, the whole closing process when you're invoicing, you can do all the steps in one page. You don't have to invoice and then go print and then go email and then go you know collect the payment and then maybe deal with some commissions and then close out the appointments. You can do all of that from the completion wizard or, you know, just invoice it and they call it good. You know, the option's up to you. You can actually select this directly from the schedule. So Mary, why don't you show that yeah, really quick? So all you have to that. do is click on the appointment in mind. Its information will open up in the sidebar here, and then you can click on this complete button and that opens up your completion wizard for you. So you can go through, edit the order, save it as an invoice, apply payment, update any appointment information here. You can also see your time logs from when clients checked in and checked out of appointments. Oh, excuse Employees me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you can assign commission <laughs> as well as email out the invoice right from here. Yep. You can oh, also yes. print right down there at the bottom. So, yep. And a lot of people, um, I mean, I, I was surprised, but it seems like there's still a number of people who don't know about the sidecar and the expansion of the appointment. Um, the capabilities in there are pretty remarkable because we modeled that little window off of mobile, everything that we learned from mobile. And so we move that functionality of mobile directly into your schedule on the sidecar for any appointment you click on. So um, super duper makes it easy to handle a whole bunch of tasks that you normally might have to jump out of the schedule for, and you can do it right there from the schedule. Now, we do have people saying, look, I like the pop-up better. And I think Adam and I are probably leaning towards taking some of these quick action items and just adding them to the um, a pop-up as well. Like, there's no reason not to. And that'll have that there. But we certainly won't be putting the entire card that is the sidecar uh, in that pop-up. So, uh, but in this use case, the individual is just asking for the ability to close out the order from that pop-up, which makes a lot of sense. So we'll be looking at that and other features to load into that in the future. But again, it's just part of our dedication. We know that 70% of your time is on the schedule. That's where you live. And so we want to put 70% of our resources towards the functionality to make this, you know, by far the best schedule uh, in the game. Um, and we have other views that Adam and I know we need to be building um, to really achieve that goal. But for the views that we have, like we're very proud of the work that the engineers and, and production team have done uh, on this schedule. It's incredible. Well said. Um, the next one will jump to a post from Mary, Mary Lynn, I should say. Um, and we had a, a bunch of posts um, that were similar to this in kind of the various 
Facebook groups of the world. But uh, she came straight to us and said, hey, love the enhancements of having the option to add additional routes to the mobile app. Can't wait to discover the other new enhancements. Now, this might seem just like a giant pat on the back, um, and it, it does feel good that we've gotten some positive uh, comments on that. But really, I just wanted to let you guys know, if you haven't already noticed, when you're on the mobile app, uh, if you have the capability, so if you're a super technician or higher as far as your security role goes, if you have the capability to view multiple routes, you can go to that day view, hit that little gear icon up at the top. You can view multiple routes at once. And it's very easy to, easy to toggle them on or off. It's very easy to toggle them by their route tag. By that, I mean you can tag a route for a specific service that it provides, right? So you can swap to your route tags. You can swap to your personal routes you might be assigned to or view every route at once if you're someone who maybe handles some of the dispatching and scheduling. So it's something we're definitely proud to have. It's something I've wanted now for a while. I'm super excited that it's out. So Ethan killed that. Like it was so he turned that around. So we were scared of that project for a while through two engineers. We were scared of that project. And uh, Ethan just happened to be like, I'm going to not, I'm going to try this like in a hot fix period where he's not allowed to touch code for a while. <laughs> and I, I had him open up a second project and start, I was like, let's just see what you can do. Man, it was like what, two weeks. And it was like 90% there. And then you guys went through a couple of rounds and then we were done. So um, kudos to Ethan, like on that particular project is it was, it was well put together. It's funny. I said the first, the exact same thing to him. So he's been doing some great work. Yeah. Um, the last one is just kind of a, a fun one to chat about because we hear this off and on. Um, you know, is service officer ever going to handle payroll? Service officer payroll. Hey, help me get out of QuickBooks. I don't want to. I don't want to be on QuickBooks anymore. Um, Kim asked inside the em- employee profile. There's an hourly rate area. What is this rate used for? And does it show up in any reports? Um, so Joel, I'll kind of let you talk about this whole process. Yeah. So. Um- a, I don't want to do payroll. I don't want to do accounts payable. So um, from an accounting point of view, Service Monster is uh, accounts receivable only. And there's just, I don't want to be QuickBooks. It's just like the chat program. Chat's simple. Like I could, Ethan and I could build, you know, on a weekend, build the chat functionality. Um, and then we could build another Slack if you gave us six months. But. QuickBooks is a whole other level. They have accounting people that know how every state works and you know we work with like six different countries. So I am not interested in being QuickBooks having to do with payroll and liabilities and you know social security taxes and like all that stuff. No, thank you. Um, so that's why we want you to use QuickBooks uh, as part of a total and complete service business package, right? Um, is it necessary? Meh. I'm going to say yeah as a coach because I want you to control your expenses correctly. And QuickBooks gives you the ability to do that, get CPAs and accountants involved, and no must, no fuss. Like, they don't have to learn anything. They don't have to learn Service Monster. Um, they serve two different purposes. Okay. Payroll might have a little blend. Um, But the only reason I think it's a blend is, again, back to the accounts receivable to calculate your margins. So the rate on the employee is really about how much does that employee cost you in labor per hour? That's it. So that way, when they're logging in and out of jobs, we can take all of their hours and their estimated hourly rate between all of the technicians or laborers that you've assigned to that that job and end up with a total labor cost. That's close. It doesn't need to be perfect. You know, it doesn't, you're tracking every red cent and you're not more concerned with the general percentage um, and you're willing to throw out the data point because it's not 100% accurate, you're doing yourself a disservice. What we're looking for is apples to apples, right? Do you have a, a halfway decent margin within plus or minus 2%? And if the answer to that question is yes, or no, then you know what action you need to take. It's not about the percentage as much as it, am I making any money off this stuff at all? Like too many people will dial this in and go, what? It's a 5% margin on jobs? Like no wonder my my dividends are so low or the amount of horsepower I have to reinvest in my business 
is so low, your margin should be 30, 40, 50%. And so um, this allows you to dial this in. So Mary, can you bring up the margin dashboard? I don't know if you've got any data in there or not, but it's going to be on the yeah. orders dash. Oh, orders on the orders section. page. So orders. Sorry. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, no, maybe scheduling. Oh, yes, average margin. Actually, yeah. it is, I'm pretty sure it's scheduling. It, it is scheduling. You're right, Joe. Yeah, there it is. Yep. It's the middle. Okay, and good. You've got some data. Can you hover yeah. over one of those for me real quick? And that shows you the breakdown, right? So that shows you the total margin and then the breakdown. How much of your average jobs, and we're putting this in a data warehouse, and we're crunching this data, right? There's a little bit of AI going on here based off your history. So the more data you have, the more accurate this is going to be. And we do split it up between residential and commercial, at least to give a little bit of separation between the two. And so you're going to get your labor costs. You're going to get your consumables. Um, and, and depreciation, if you plug those values in, if you have those modules available to you. Labor is obviously the largest component and you can use that at, at any subscription level. So plugging that labor cost in uh, will give you a very good indication of where that margin. And again, that labor cost comes out of the employee screens field for um, hourly rate. We do not use it for reporting on payroll so that you can pay out of it. We do do a commissions report. So you know how much to add to your payroll in your payroll system to pay out those commissions. And you can track all that. We did that last week. You can go check out that podcast. Um, so, so yeah, we wanted to touch on that just, just to, uh, cause it was brought up in smug. A lot of people don't know about it. I want to make sure you understand we are not building QuickBooks and service monster. Not unless you guys want to pay me like 10 times more than what you're paying right now. And, and then we talk like, you know, 90% of the clients come to me with that proposal and, and I'll mobilize resources. Um, but until that happens, then no. Uh, but I need to make sure that you guys are making money. So we want to dial in this margins thing for you so that um, you're sure that as you scale, you're not scaling a barely profitable business because then you're just going to scale your problems. And we certainly don't want that. Absolutely. The only thing I'll touch on is, hey, if any of you guys hopped into our booth at the huge convention, it was great chatting with you. Hopefully a couple of our viewers may, might have been involved, but uh, this will be obviously coming after the fact. So kind of a, a post-convention shout out, I guess, for any of you. Um, otherwise, though, that's all I got for you, Joe. Cool. Mary, you have anything you want to? bring um, up here before we head out I, I would say just like check out the integrations that we do offer if there's a service that you're like man i wish they really did this check to see if we already connect with someone else who does it because it could be that situation with quickbooks or twilio where hey someone's already doing a good job kind of like doing this for us so we can focus on what's going to be best for you and on the service monster end of things and then um, you can utilize the tool other tools that exist for those other little things you want to get done yeah brilliant i mean really you should be looking at service monster primarily as a scheduling and order management app because that's how you use it that's what our data tells us everything else we give you because we're super awesome developers and we want to give you as much as possible to grow your business we know a lot of people are weak in reporting and kpis I'm a data obsessed person, so we push that to you. Um, you know, marketing campaigns, we're obsessed with marketing campaigns, client retention, so we, we add that to our system. But we can't be everything and we can't do everything. And the reason why software advancement has really grown in the last few years is because of this ability to connect data between systems, whether it's a direct connection like we have with SendJim, um, nice job, or it's through Zapier. Right, because we have a lot of Zapier hookups that you can be utilizing as well. Moving data between specialized systems now has become super easy. I've been an engineer since the late 90s, and believe me, at corporate America, synchronizing data sucks. There's not a person who wants those projects because they're doomed to have problems uh, and or fail. So um, now that we've got that sorted, uh, and I can go into the geek world like Russell System, like the only Bruno. Hey, how you doing? He's the only one who'll care about that conversation. But, you know, the technology that's come out over the last few decades, which Service Monster is at the bleeding edge of when we released SM6, 
four years ago, now is really starting to come into play. And these connections are really hooking up all over the place and can really extend the power of your software suite. So don't just look at it as like, I want one thing that can do everything. Like Service Monster probably has more functions and features than any other cleaning based CRM on the market. I don't have to say probably, I know that's true. Like we do a lot of research on that, but we're not gonna do everything and we're not gonna do everything as well as some of those other players. The Radius Bomb from SendGym is a great example of that. That's a prospecting tool. You know me, I'll never get into lead sales. sales. I think it's a conflict of interest. Uh, we are housing the data of our clients. I'm not going to turn around and sell that same data, even if I attend it from a third party source. So just not, a, I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. So we push that stuff to these third party vendors. So great point, yeah. Mary. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your attention. And uh, remember that webinar coming up a month from now uh, on the 24th, Thursday at five o'clock. Come join us for that. Share it with your friends as you see it. And as always, thank you so much for your attention. Have a great week.